Welcome back, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Uh, with me tonight, uh, Bill Jr. from just down the road, uh, Del Scanlon from down in Reedsburg, and our special guest tonight is the voice of the state tournament, Bob Bradovich, coming to us from Eau Claire area. Yep, on the north side. Well, welcome, not, Bob. We're excited not to the hear overpowered all about, side. Uh, well, uh, thank, thanks for having me, and, and this is this is not anything other than just thank thank you for you guys for what you do for uh, prep hockey in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, you're a resource. Uh, well, for those of us who are in the business of broadcasting games, when it comes to stats and things like that, and, and I'm sure the coaches appreciate not just the you know. Um, not just the extra exposure, but the fact that they don't have to take, you know, five calls per week to get updated stats and things like that. So, uh, hey, looking forward to uh, sectionals this coming week. Yeah, you know, the fans just yell at us, and then we yell at the coach and say, hey, where's our stats? And then we go ahead and enter it. Imagine fans if, yelling about this. Yeah. Goalie, parents, goalie parents are the worst. Yeah. That shouldn't have been 45 saves. He stopped 70 shots. No, he did not. Um, we're going to start uh, on kind of a, a somber note here, Bob. Uh, you're, in, you're in the Eau Claire area. Obviously, um, the, the tragic passing of Brooke Kelly was uh, in the news over the last couple weeks there in Eau Claire, and everybody's uh, sort of banded together around that. Obviously, her brother, Joe Kelly, is a, a senior, I believe, on Eau Claire Memorial this right. year. Yep. Um, what's that been like down there? Um, seeing just that outpouring of support. Well, I, I mean, it's, 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 you, you get both sides of it. Um, you get just the, it's just a gut punch to not just the Memorial program, but the family and, you know, Joe and his sister Brooke were the only, well, they were the only kids of the Kelly parents and, you know, the realization that I'm sure is hitting those folks that, you know, okay, Joe was more than likely going to go off and play junior someplace next year. And, but they still had a, you know, they still had one daughter to kind of come through, you know, Memorial high school and to that realization that, you know, and I know with other parents, and I'm sure with you guys too, where, you know, being an empty, empty nester after you've had, you know, kids for, 18 some years all of a sudden that's a, sometimes that can be a difficult transition and again it's just you, you think of the parents first and the kelly family more than anything else but the fact that it hits you know everybody on the memorial program so hard because all those guys are pretty tight they go to school together they came through the ranks and even these last two north memorial games and you know I've been covering North Memorial games since I got to Eau Claire in September of 96, but I've never seen games like that where, yeah, it was very competitive, but then afterwards, both teams are, you know, greeting each other at center ice and everybody's hugging everybody and, you know, like it is in a lot of places around the state. I mean, these, these kids come through the youth ranks starting in Mites and all the way up to Bantams and then they split, you know, north side and south side. Uh, once they get to the JV program, so it's, uh, and then for example, you've got you've got Joe Kelly is one of three captains uh, for the old Abe's. His best friend is Sam Thorpe, who's one of the captains at North, 
and the dads were buddies and still are because they play together at north so it, it just hits a lot of people a lot of different ways but i guess if there's something gratifying about it is um you know i i happen to go to the um celebration of life this past monday and but just to see the outpouring of support just from the community at large not just the eau claire community but the chippewa community that you know the other schools in the big rivers conference uh everybody has stepped up and the flowers and and all that sort of thing that 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 folks have you know sent to the kelly family in this time of grief and and um, and all that so um you know and seeing other teams like the uw claire men's team put stickers on the back of their helmet uh to remember brooke kelly so it's good to see that. I mean, and we all know that, and you guys know it probably better than I do, just how tight the hockey community is. And the fact that you're seeing other schools and other programs, you know, kind of stepping up in, in that is, is uplifting. Um, but it's, it's, it's so difficult. And it's just, you know, to me, it's just unimaginable what, the, what those folks are going through. So I guess to sum up, you, you get a little of both. On one hand, it's sort of like gratifying to see all the support that the Kelly family is getting. On the other hand, it's just like, what an awful thing for that uh, for that family to have to go through at this time. And not just the parents, but you're looking at two sets of grandparents as well. Yeah, that was, you know, we we found out the day after we named Joe Kelly our Player of the Week that his sister had died the previous Friday. And I'm like, well, crap. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that I, the news had been out there by then. The, the right. Eau Claire police department had, you know, released it out, yeah. but like we weren't aware of that. And yeah, that was, they had hit me really hard that, that Monday when I found out after right. the player of the week announcement. Yeah. And, and I heard about it through the grapevine because Susan, my Susan is, has been a power skating instructor in town for you know for a while and worked with joe and worked with you know sam thorpe and a lot of the north kids and a lot of the memorial kids and yeah it's just it's just one of those things it just it just hits everybody and um i never knew joe i mean i had basically taken my year out of people but he was on the varsity as a freshman and you could tell that he was going to be a good player. I don't think I'd ever interviewed him those first couple of years when I was still doing, you know, the six and 10 on TV. And, um, you know, cause they had other players, upperclassmen, which are typically the, you know, the players that you talk to the captains and that sort of thing. Um, but then doing the radio now for the last two years, I mean, he's of a, of a, you know, trio of forwards that's, that are awfully good players at Memorial. He's the one that really stands out. He can, he's the kind of the one that makes it go. And um, and I didn't know until I got to the celebration of life that, you know, until then I saw the trucks from his dad's business to say, oh boy, now it's that Kelly family. And it's a place where I purchased a water heater five years ago to replace the one that broke in our house. So it's just, again, it's, it's tough and it's really tough for these people and knowing people who've gone through things like this in the past, one of the things they always say is that, you know, when it happens, you're still kind of in shock and, you know, the outpouring of support is really nice, but eventually that goes away and everybody goes back to their lives. And now all of a sudden, as you're going through the stages of grieving and 
that support's not right there. So hopefully, and I've, you know, in talking with the, with some of the administrators, like the athletic director at Memorial, it sounds like they've, they've done everything they could. The district has to, to provide support, counseling, all that sort of thing for the, for the kids there. Cause this is, this is a tough thing. I mean, this is, this is a tough deal and it's not, you know, in talking to Mike Collins, the Memorial head coach in his first year with the program, but his, you know, his hockey career goes back to his days growing up in Canada. And he's the first one to say, you know, this isn't in any coaching manual. There's, there's no real procedure to follow after something like this. So they're, you know, they're just trying to support Joe and the, and the guys and the team and, and everything the best they can. And I can say this, you know, getting back to, to hockey and, and it seems almost kind of trivial given what we've talked about, but that team is playing as well as I've seen them play all year. They, they found that extra gear. They found that extra level. How far can that carry them? And who, you know, it remains to be seen. Obviously they got to, they got to go to Hudson on Tuesday night. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But uh, at least these, these last few games, you know, they've, at least from where I sit as a, you know, somewhat neutral bystander, that happens to be talking into a microphone that they're playing their best hockey right now. And, um, you know, like I said, that first line, especially is just absolutely flying. And, you know, it's, it's that part's fun to watch. So hopefully, you know, those games and those few hours give everybody a respite from the, you know, from the really difficult stuff that the folks are dealing with. Yeah. And I noticed that Joe kept playing. Um, I don't think he took, any games off uh, nope. afterward you you got to get back out there you got to do something um because if you just sit at home you'll go crazy um, exactly and you know the game excuse me guys jackson the dog i had the audacity to go to a squirt a hockey tournament today so the jack so jackson's being a little i'll threaten to send him to uh coach labuda's house over in menominee where he can get on the bench with the rest of the football dogs and do that but no, I, he got back in action that, that, you know, shortly after, I think it was the Tuesday after the accident happened and got a goal and an assist um, when they were playing. Um, I'm not sure where they're playing off the top of my head. I can look at my notes. but And then the two games against North. And, and, and again, when he was on the ice, he, he was at least, again, from my perspective, the best player on the ice. And... Um, Again, and I've talked to, you know, various coaches who've dealt with things like that. And, you know, they say that when they go to the gym or they go to the rink or the football field, whatever it is, it is that kind of that respite. It gives them that time away from the grief and lets them, you know, just just have a couple hours away from it. And I know in this last North Memorial game, there's. Joe Kelly's dad's standing with the rest of the Memorial dads where they usually stand in the, in the parent section, you know, so, you know, maybe, maybe the game is something that helps heal some really difficult things and some, you know, a lot of sadness and just that emptiness that those folks have to be feeling. All right. And then uh, moving back to, to hockey, um, you are, you're all up in it in section one, which in D one section one is the most brutal sectional, uh, on the boys' side of the eight boys' sections, D1 or D2. Um, 
Oklahoma Moore, you said traveling to Hudson. Uh, how do you like their chances? Uh, they've already played them twice. Right. I, I called the game that was 6 nothing, um in favor of Hudson at the very beginning of the year. And Hudson, I believe at that time, it had four games under its belt, Memorial just two. And then a new coaching, not necessarily a new coaching staff, because the assistants, for the most part, are the same. Um, former Regis Co-op head coach Guy Brown is now on that staff along with Jeff Schemberger and Andrew McCabe, and then with, with Mike Collins. So, but again, those other guys have been in the community for a long time. So everybody knows everybody and they're all hockey people, but just a few little tweaks from what Chris Dock was doing, which was a little different from what Mike Schwengler was doing. But in that game, Hudson's passes were tape to tape and shots were finding upper corners of the net and Memorial's passes were missing by about that much. And the shots were missing by about that much. So even though it was six nothing, you know, just from where I sat, I just thought, you know, Memorial just needs, you know, they need to get some things together. And you guys have seen this with Davis Trubisky. Hudson gets a lead on you, you got a really big mountain to climb because they they tend to come out, throw the kitchen sink at you right away in that first period. They get a couple goals, all of a sudden they're sacking back. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, they're very well coached and. Yeah, once once they get a lead there, they act like they're coached by an NHL defenseman. Well, yeah, and and you know why why would they listen to a guy that won a state title at Hudson and was the state player of the year, was on the 06 national championship Badgers team, and oh by the way, he had you know he's got his name in the Stanley Cup, you know, and and then you bring in you know Dean Talifus who worked with that staff, you know, in the prior years and developed the off ice program. Yeah, they they know what they're doing. There's, there's no coincidence that they're successful, given what they have there. Um, that being said, the, the rematch was at Hobbs, but of course, because of COVID and various county restrictions, it was actually on a night where, and I don't know exactly how they made the decision that the Memorial Hudson game was in the Akrovic rink and North Menominee was in the O'Brien rink, the main rink, you know, where the Blue Golds play and yeah, I'm not sure how exactly that decision got made. And the reason that, you know, iHeartMedia Eau Claire made the decision with me basically giving the input was the logistics. You know, there's a place you can plug in for your Ethernet so your live unit works. You didn't really have that in the Akrovic rink, and you can't run off a mobile hotspot because you're in a pole shed, in essence. So, you know, what are you going to do? So, but apparently in that game, Hudson, you know, got ahead. Memorial came back. Hudson went up 5-2, but Memorial closed it with a couple late goals. It was 5-4. Pulled the goal. He couldn't, couldn't quite finish the deal. So, I think coming out of that game, Memorial felt pretty good about itself and realized, you know, if we can clean up a few mistakes, we're right there with them. So, all that being said, I think it's going to be a really good game. You give an edge to Hudson. Um, only because they're playing at home and they play very well at home, even without, you know, as you guys know, the crowds aren't exactly what they would normally be for a sectional game. But I would expect a close one. And like I said, give Hudson a little edge, but it would not surprise me one bit if Memorial wound up winning that one. And then on the other side, um, Spash and Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls got uh, All-State goalie Bridger Fixmer back for a 10-save tune-up against Wisconsin Rapids. Um, now he gets to face Spash, uh, who's a much stronger team than Wisconsin Rapids. 
And you guys will have to help me out on Spash because, you know, since I've been so immersed in Big Rivers hockey and then, you know, doing some Big Rivers basketball and the occasional Cloverbelt basketball, I, you know, I, I, I maybe catch a score here or there. And, and, you know, I definitely would concur with you that, yeah, Spash, the higher seeded team, has played a tougher schedule, is better. Uh, Chippewa, though, I, that's, a, that's a solid team. That's a really good team that Scott Parker has. And, you know, he's forgotten more hockey than, than most people know or will ever know. And as a, as a veteran coach, he's got just such a good touch with that team. He really knows his guys well. He's got a calming presence about him because he's seen just about everything. He's played the game at a high level. His brother played the game in the NHL, for God's sake. Um, but he knows when to get his guys refocused, and he knows how to, how to get on them. So, um, again, I had nothing against Bash. Uh, but I know they're a good, good club and obviously a good tradition, you know, drawing from a big, you know, student body. But I just, there's just something about that Chipwood team. And I'm glad you, you, you pointed that out, Bill, because with Vixmer is that he's one of those goalies that can be a game changer that, you know, they, they're the kind of team that can survive a period when things aren't going their way. And, there's defensive breakdowns because he's the kind of goalie that can steal a game. And I think we, we saw, saw in the sectional final when it was Hudson and Chippewa for the right to go to state. And I think most everybody was looking at, Hey, this is going to be Hudson's year. And they couldn't score on Fixmer. And all of a sudden Frenette and, and Lindstrom got going and that thing was over after about a period and a half. So, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Fixmer yeah, and Caden yeah. Grant played an all time game down at in Madison. Exactly. And it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, like I said, and I, and I haven't had the chance to, to see Chippewa actually check that. I, I saw Chippewa and Memorial at Hobbs and Memorial beat them, but you know, Chippewa is good. And they're one, they're another one of those teams. It's kind of the reverse of Hudson. Chippewa gets a couple goals on you and all of a sudden it's a feeding frenzy. Now the passes are, it's just tic-tac-toe and their, their confidence goes up. So again, I'd, I'd say, I don't want to be the cop-out media guy, but it really wouldn't surprise me. I think you could make a case for any one of those four teams. I think the C's are very fair, given what the regular season was when um, they did the seeding meeting, but I think any of the four could come out, and I would definitely concur that top to bottom, that sectional number one is, is, is the toughest in the state. Yeah, I think Spash's big negative is that they're, they have some bouts of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. They've beaten Wausau West twice. They beat Verona. They beat Eau Claire North. Um, but then they have a loss to Ashwaubenon and um, a loss to Brookfield. Those are not games you'd expect to lose when you're beating those other teams. Right. And that's and there's some teams, and you know, I'd throw, you know, North and kind of early season Memorial in that category where there's there's that loss that's kind of the head scratcher that doesn't it just doesn't meet. And, you know, again, in sports, and it's not just hockey, they're just certain teams that just tend to play to the level of their competition. And, you know, again, there's, well, then again, these are, these are 15 to 18-year-old kids. And, and, you know, speaking from personal experience, I, you know, sometimes there were decisions that I'm sure baffled my coach, coaches, but, you know, so be it. But, yeah, I think that, I think that section is pretty – you know, again, you'd put Hudson as a favorite just because I think that you just look at their whole body of work. That's the most impressive resume. But 
Memorial's playing at a high level. Chip was playing at a high level, and 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 Spash. I think you touched on it, Bill. It's just they get they play their their game, and they're going to be a tough out. So yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, and then uh, moving on to the state tournament. You've been the the voice of the state tournament for several years now on on TV. Um, what's the what's the prep for that like for those of us that aren't professional broadcasters and how does it differ from you know you're doing a game for WMEQ yeah um you know it's pretty the prep is pretty similar and I'm at the point of the season now where I and I, and having done this for a while I just you know I just use an excel spreadsheet and put the uh, in fact I could probably pull one out for you just put everything in, you know, nice big letters. So, you know, old time broadcaster with aging eyes can actually see what we got going on. And um, because it's in a spreadsheet form, I can, you know, if there's a line change, if somebody's moving along, it's just a matter of taking this guy out here, this guy there. And then all I have to update each week is records changed and then the stats. And like I said, you guys do a phenomenal job of keeping that up to date. So, it's just, it's just a way you can just kind of plug that in. It's a little different from the state level, but um, the WIA is good enough to get line combinations from the teams that make it. So you can, um, you know, you can do that. And I generally always reach out to the coaches to get a, um, you know, just to get something in addition and then maybe just do a, you know, a couple of questions, some general questions about teams it's nice because everything's online. You can read newspaper articles. You can, you can watch videos. You can, you can get a sense of who's who. The challenge for hockey, unlike basketball, is like one, you've got more guys on the ice at a time than you do in a basketball court. And secondly, they, they've got helmets on. So, you know, one of the challenges, and I know at state, <laughs> for various reasons, we're at one end of the ice. And if you've got a team you're not familiar with skating at you and they don't have numbers on their shoulders, it can get kind of tough. Luckily, there's a monitor that has a center ice view, but it gets kind of tough to, you know, look at your screen and then look up on that. So, but again, we get it some way we make it work and, and, um, you know, it's a fun process. It'll be interesting this year to play at the Southwood County rink um, as opposed to the, you know, Alliant Energy Center. So that'll be different. And, um, you know, but I, I guess much like you guys and all the players I've, and coaches I've talked to since the beginning of this, you know, even the fall season, it's just people I think are just happy to play and they'll play wherever and whenever, however it is. And I know from a company standpoint that, you know, Quincy Media and the four, you know, WAOW in Wausau, WQW in Eau Claire, WXOW in La Crosse, and WKOW in Madison. There was a lot of logistical work that went into this year's tournament broadcast because there were some time, because, well, first of all, the formats that the WIA had were not written in stone and they were just trying to figure out what they were going to do. Um, and there was some concern that it just wouldn't fit in the typical time slots, you know, for ABC programming, but they figured out a way to make it happen. And, and so those of us who are, you know, in charge of doing the broadcasts, um, Alec Osmus from WKOW is going to help out as always. And well, he, he's a Minnesota guy who went to St. Cloud State, so he should know something about hockey. And he's done a nice job the last couple of years. So it'll just, we'll wait to see exactly who makes it. And then I think it will dictate, 
which teams or which divisions we cover. And the only suggestion I would make is, you know, if you could avoid doing a back-to-back game for hockey, that's probably that's probably better. So my guess is somebody will do Division Two and Division One boys, and then somebody else will do the Division. Uh, we'll do the girls uh, championship in the middle. It just kind of depends which teams make it out of which sectionals. Bob, quick question: um, With Live Barn being involved in all in a majority of the hockey rinks this year, mm-hmm. uh, are, as a broadcaster, are you able to take advantage of that to see things to, and catch up on the different teams? Well, interestingly enough, Susan does Live Barn. Like, if she can't make it to to your Chippewa or her synchronized skating team, either up at Chippewa or here in Hobbs. She does that, or if she, she's not able to watch the grandson play at Square Day Hockey for Black River Falls, and there's some place, you know, like down at Sauk Prairie, for example, now can't drive down there or choose not to. But, yeah, so I've got, yeah, I do that. Um, sometimes I lean a little bit on just what's out there on YouTube, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, TV station highlights. Uh, it's amazing what's out there now. And I, and I go, I think back to when I got into this, you know, 30 some years ago when you were, you spent a lot of time on the phone getting information and, you know, hopefully stuff comes through the fax machine and you just didn't have as much at your fingertips like you do now. It's, it just really changes things. So um, it just comes down to, you know, you want to prep to have, and I always look at things and say, you know what, the main thing I've got to do is get my charts. It's kind of like the tests in college where they let you bring it, you know, a little sheet in with notes. That's kind of how I look at the play-by-play sheets. So it's so it's like, yeah, the whole process of retyping things and looking at your charts and getting things organized, that helps remember numbers and names. But once you have it on your chart, then you're pretty good and then you could spend your time talking to coaches or I, I, I don't know how obviously they're not going to do it at, in Wisconsin Rapids, but you guys remember, because I know you guys are always there that Wednesday before the traditional state hockey tournament is your time to see the teams for 20 minutes. And I always found that really helpful, not only just because you get to interview the coaches, maybe talk to a player or two is you can start seeing guys and you can start seeing, you know, I keep thinking, you know, when Oakland Memorial played West Salem and West Salem had Jack Gorniak, and I've certainly heard of him, but I, you know, beyond a highlight or two that I maybe caught on, on somebody else's website, hadn't seen him. So it was really cool to watch him skate up and down the ice. And then you're like, okay, I know what this kid looks like now. I don't have to lean on my chart to or, or see the number. I get to know him. And that's where I was, you know, I was kind of spoiled. The first year I did both the girls and boys games was when Jay Wilson took his first retirement. And so I was doing both the girls and boys game. Well, that just happened to be Eau Claire Memorial's unbeaten season. And having covered those guys all year, I, I didn't need a chart at all because I knew just by how they looked on the ice. Well, that was Jefferson Dahl and that was Brady Sand and that was Brady Keegan, et cetera, et cetera. So it, the challenge always is, I think with the teams that you haven't seen, you know, because you don't know the background, you don't know the stories as much, and you certainly don't know the players. So, so when you're prepping, you tend to study those teams a little bit more. 
I will say that following along as I do on Twitter all throughout the tournament, you know, I hear comments, I see comments on Twitter of people like complaining because they'll pull up, you know, a broadcast for, for the games that aren't on TV. They'll pull up, you know, someone's radio broadcast and they'll be like, blank is such a homer because obviously the radio broadcasters are all there for a specific team. Exactly. I've never, I've never actually heard that about you covering Eau Claire Memorial at the state tournament. I've never seen someone on Twitter saying Bob is such a homer. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and I, I'm guessing somebody somewhere must have said it some, to somebody. But, yeah, I, I was so fortunate in that when I moved across the St. Croix River to go to grad school at UW-Madison, not only got to deal with some just outstanding people in that um, journalism and mass communication department, but also had the good fortune to wind up at WKOW, as, as I like to tell Jay, that I was the oldest living sports intern in WKW history and and learn just kind of the way to go about your business from Jay Wilson, who's, who's one of the best. Um, but one of the things you learned, and, and when I was watching the high school tournament broadcast up close for the first time, um, you know, kind of seeing behind the scenes, understanding why you can't be a homer. Because if you're doing that at the state tournament level, you're going to get some irate people from other markets as well as irate advertisers and you know that it's, it's different than it is at the high school level than it is at the college level but hey at some point you got it somebody's got to be paying attention to the money so you, you have to you have to learn to kind of play it down the middle so you're not offending anybody and i don't know and, and again just watching other people that did it that i respected it's like you get excited for 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 good plays and that sort of thing and yeah maybe inside because you know these kids you know these families they're they're you know in some cases neighbors you know there's a little bit of disappointment but up here you got to you got to be professional about it so you know but you're right i mean when it's when it's local radio and you know say for example you're covering a Eau Claire Memorial or an Eau Claire North or a Chippewa at a state tournament and they're playing somebody like you know down in the southeast corner of the state yeah you can you can do that but same at the same time i think it's important and you know when i started on the broadcast crew as an announcer would have been the 96 97 season doug chickering would give his talk every before every girls basketball and every boys basketball tournament and just a reminder in a gentle but firm way doug was an administrator but just that this is the high school level these aren't millionaire athletes they're not you know full-time officials they're you know firemen and police officers and accountants and lawyers that are officiating this and they're all doing it that this is high school sports and to treat it as such and i never had a problem with that because <laughs> having officiated myself and uh, Bill Sr., you'll appreciate, I think the only umpire in American Legion history in northern Minnesota to call a swinging strike a ball, but that's a story I'll save for another time. It was women's softball night that night in Chisholm, so we'll just, we'll just leave that there. You know, what I, you know what I mean? And you guys know this. You've been around sports your entire life. It's really easy to sit up there in row 27 and gripe about officiating or gripe about coaching or any of that kind of stuff. Well, rather than complain about it, why don't you do it? You know, that's not so easy. 
So when you mentioned, you know, these are this is high school sports. We have a rule on Wisconsin prep hockey. Generally speaking, if we're writing up a game or we're doing this podcast here, um, you have to realize that ninety-eight percent of the players playing are technically children. Exactly. Um, so we will right. not criticize a player by name. We will not say blank made a boneheaded play. We we will not right. criticize a player by name because they are children. Exactly. And, and they're somebody's kids. And I can remember a story that I did, you know, one of the vignettes that we, you know, our, our whole station group produces to, you know, run during half times or between periods or what have you. Um, and talking to a, a veteran guy up in the Hayward area whose name escapes me, but I think he was, he was very close to retiring and talking to his play-by-play or his, his color commentator who was also an administrator, former administrator in the Hayward schools that just said, he goes, as far as we, you know, do it. Yeah. We're from Hayward and we know these people, but you got to remember you're dealing with people's most prized possession, which is their kids. You know, they have names, they have histories, they have parents. And it's like, we've all been there. I booted my share of grounders at Chisholm high school and airmailed throws to first base and struck out and missed shots and missed layups much to Bob McDonald's chagrin, Bill Sr. knows. I still hear that foot stomp periodically. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like nobody's perfect. And like I said, I never, it's different at the professional level because it kind of goes with the territory. You know, if you're, if you're criticizing something Bill Belichick did or being critical of the, you know, commissioner for whatever decision or, what GM didn't sign this player. Okay. That's fine. That's, that's kind of, like I said, it goes with the territory, but as far as doing it on air and we would always have that same thing at, at, at our station, you know, just doing the regular six and 10 highlights is just that, Hey, it's just, Hey, after the, after the show, if we're all just sitting around in the sports office and somebody goes, I just don't understand why they didn't take a timeout. All right. That, that's, you know, that's just disgusting. That's just talking about what you witnessed, but to go on the air and say, "Oh, so and so stepped out of bounds, and that bucket should have counted," it's just like, man, eh, that's a that's a slippery slope to go down. And to me, it's just not just not how you do things. Yeah, you know? we've we've had to take the you know we we don't criticize you know players by name or pick you know, and we we had to kind of remind people of that when you know talking about uh, well yeah this this team will never get anywhere because their goaltending is weak. Their goaltender has a name, you know. I mean, it's, right. yeah. one kid. You know, we don't. You're right. not going to get around our little rule by saying their goaltending is weak, because I mean, right. we all know who it is. Right, and there's and there's a difference between, you know, saying there's, their goaltending is weak, they're not going to go anyplace, and saying his save percentage is .810. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. stats are stats and are facts. Well, again, it's the difference between facts and opinions. And that's one thing that is nice about sports, that there are stats and there are things that are black and white. And if you're stating facts, you're okay. It's when you start drifting into opinion and not to pick on radio talk show hosts, but I don't believe we have anyone here that does that. You know, there are people who get paid to stir the pot. And I think some people, you know, that are listeners or viewers tend to confuse the two and think, well, that's, and you guys have seen it, you know, and, and you know, going back to Twitter 
people who rip on Rob Domofsky and, and people from that have covered the Packers for decades, well, you didn't ask this tough question. It's like, you know, it's like you're, you're criticizing the wrong people is what is what's happening. And again, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's people. Yeah, you got to make decisions like, you know, not posting that uh, video of the overtime goal you know, that Wausau West scored when, you know, somebody was three feet offside. You know, you just, we'll just, we'll just keep that one off. We had, we, again, I, I could, I could cite instances where, you know, there were, there were guys in the department who wanted to say, hey, let's send this in to ESPN for this shot. And I'd be like, nah, not this one. Because it's a controversial topic. And you know what? And as long as we're, talking about this that and the other and, and you guys know you you i mean i've dealt with the people at the wia for a long time and if i agreed with every policy decision they've made no but knowing them personally and on a professional level they're good people trying to do the best thing for the kids and they try to put the student athletes first above everything else and again, they're lightning rods, much like a superintendent, principal, athletic director, coaches within the community and get all kinds of criticism, a lot of it unwarranted, because that's the nature of the business. So it's like, again, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's so easy to be a critic sitting on your couch or like I said, in row 27 or sitting behind your computer it's a lot different if you're sitting in those meetings trying to figure out what you're going to do, you know, and how do you do something that, you know, stays within your own bylaws, stays within legal ramifications, doesn't put the association into, you know, a position where they're going to be sued, all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, like you guys said, it's like, and you, you look at the numbers and it's like, yeah, it's great when some of these kids go on to play at college, but, most of them are just going to, their high school career, that's it. You know, then they move on in life, whether it's to tech school or learning a trade or joining the military or going to college, whatever. Um, it's amazing now that I'm an account executive, whatever the heck that means, with <laughs> the TV station, you know, and looking at LinkedIn and thinking, you know, back in the day, why on earth are all these high school kids, you know, wanting to connect on LinkedIn? It's like, at most, we have one internship every year. I can't give everybody you know, help out when I can. Well, you look back five, ten years later, and you start looking at what some of these former high school athletes are doing. It's remarkable. You know, a lot of them are either doctors or they're in med school or they're they're lawyers that are just you know out of law school and starting a practice. Or some people are entrepreneurs and just you know nurses, teachers, what have you. And it's sort of like, well, that's it's like those public service announcements that the WIA puts out, you know, that's what you're preparing people for is you're preparing them for life after high school. And hopefully that, you know, being an athlete and, you know, doing that from the younger ages on, you learn a lot about how to handle different situations that, you know, you're going to have to deal with in life. Yeah. Like, you know, the dumb jock myth persists, but, Student athletes and other students that participate in extracurriculars, whether it's band or choir or the drama department, 
Um, those students all have higher achievement levels than the students that don't. Right. And, and I'll give you an example. So Saturday night, um, over at Eau Claire Memorial's gym for Eau Claire North, Eau Claire Memorial boys basketball. And I, Pat Hammond, longtime Eau Claire North coach, um, was my color commentator. And, and you know, it was odd because we're sitting at separate tables, six feet apart, <laughs> stretching the, the cord of the headset about to the max as it would go, broadcasting a game within a pandemic. But, you know, in talking to not just the, you know, players on the team, during the game, when North's best player, uh, Chad Crone, who's the youngest of three basketball-playing Crone brothers, goes to save a ball. His team is down 20 points. He's still hustling. Goes to save a ball, goes careening over the scorer's table and knocks our live radio unit to the floor. He stayed on the air. As he was getting back up, he apologized. You know, he apologized for doing I'm like, all right, you're doing what you got to do. And then came out onto the court afterwards in his uniform while half the team is already showered and, and leaving the gym to talk to coach Hammond and myself. And then he gets up in a conversation with two Memorial kids that have just decided to jump on and do play by play on the website or on the web stream because they thought it would be fun. So you got Grant Gerber, who's got a football scholarship to St. Thomas and Vincent Trapani who's a pitcher going to Arkansas, you know, very good kids, articulate, you know, mature. Um, and, and we're having a, so it's like the five of us. Here's a, a North kid talking like he's best buddies with these two Memorial kids and Hammond and myself who are grizzled veterans and, and all just chatting. You know, it's sort of like if, if, that, if that didn't embody what high school sports is, I, I don't know what else is there, you know? And it's, again, that's why, and, and you guys know we're kind of preaching to the choir here. You guys have devoted a significant point part of your lives to be involved with this. And the reason you do it is because, and again, I can look at myself. It's like, what would have happened if I didn't have supervised activity between the hours of 3 and 6 p.m. nine months of the year? You know? Seriously. <laughs> Bill, I grew up in Chisholm <laughs> in, the, in the 70s. There, there were any sort of paths I could have gone down that wouldn't have worked out very well. You know, that was just one of the realities. You know, I mean, you're, you're from Superior. You know, there's, you know, there's different paths you can take. And I think you touched on it, Bill Jr. It's like whatever it is, whether it's drama or forensics or music or anything, volunteering, working, it's like get involved in something because – you know, even good kids left to their own devices, you know, sometimes find trouble and sometimes trouble finds them. I mean, you could have gone down the road in Hibbing and become a folk singer. Well, okay, so you got you got Hibbing with Kevin McHale, Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman, but the real name, um, and uh, the guy who founded the Greyhound Bus Company, and then Chisholm Counters with Moonlight Graham, Bob McDonald, and... Two consecutive U.S. Uh, representatives, John Blotnick and Jim Overstar, and Bill, you know that growing up in Superior, the name of the bridge going across from Superior to Hibbing on, or Superior to Duluth on Highway 53, the John Blotnick Bridge. No, we still call we still call it the High Bridge. 
Well, of course. Well, <laughs> maybe it's just the Chisholm people that do that. So. Well, it, it, anybody, the, the Minnesota side calls it the Blotnick Bridge. Well, exactly. Uh, it was always yeah. just the high bridge. We we never felt well exactly. The you, could, no. you, could have, you could have said, "Well, let's see who is from up that way." Dave Obi or somebody like that, or what have you. But the point being, it's like, well, I think back. I look at my my father, who was who's deceased from a couple of years ago. Bob McDonald was one of the little kids in the neighborhood tagging along after my dad and, and his group on the south side of Chisholm. Neither McDonald nor my dad spoke English in kindergarten. My dad spoke Serbian because his parents were immigrants. McDonald was essentially an illegitimate kid that was sent back to Chisholm to go work, uh, to go live with his grandparents. They spoke Croatian. I guess they figured it out. They survived, you know, and, and you could certainly argue that they thrived, but, you know, um, and yeah, there are days I get, you know, frustrated with my lot in life and something is, you know, it's a headache or something like that. And I just kind of kind of stop and think and, you know, yeah, I was, I was, you know, out of college trying to figure out how I'm going to entertain myself, <laughs> which, you know, living in the Twin Cities going, should we go here? Should we go here? Should we listen to this band? You know, my dad was jumping out of an airplane. So it's like, you know, and I'm sure every one of you guys could look at your ancestors and say, you know, hey, they kind of paved the way for us. So off we go. Guys, we've solved all sorts of life's problems here in uh, the span yes, of what? Minutes? So, yeah. All right. I'm not even on, not even on a soapbox. <laughs> so. Well, unless anybody has anything else for Bob, I think we can let him go. Should we talk? Should we talk Division Two? I'll, I'll say Rice Lake. I think looks looks awfully good, and um, I tell you, with Josh Engel, another 06 Badger back in his hometown coaching, uh, I'm hearing that the numbers at the youth levels are starting to ramp back up again. So that's good because Rice Lake is one of the smaller schools in the Big Rivers. Right, smaller schools in the Big Rivers, but one of the the bigger schools in in Division Two. So. You know, you can look at them in Superior and go, well, you can, you know, again, there's some other good teams there. And then there's that other sectional up around these parts that I think is kind of, um, it's pretty wide open. You know, and even a team like Menominee that has, has taken a beating in um, the BRC, they've got some kids. I mean, obviously they went to a sectional final last year. And then the same on the girls' side, you know, that they're, Again, splitting that sectional where you got Hudson, the Fusion, the Western Wisconsin Stars in one sectional, and then the ECA Stars in another one. I think you, you know. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if two teams from the BRC made it through. So, but there again, that's it's it's fun, and this is this is the really fun part of year. And again, it's not going to be the same as it was in pa past years, you know, as far as crowds and all that sort of thing. But as far as the action on the ice, and I can ask you guys this too. As far as the action on the ice, I haven't seen any drop off. No. You know, what I notice is that, you know, you don't get the roar of the crowd. You don't get all this other stuff. But again, for you three guys, have you noticed any drop off in the level of play? No. And I've watched, I haven't watched any games in person. I've watched many games uh, over the internet. I watched, I watched Friday's Janesville USM game. Wasn't the best game, right. but they were all still going at it. But like, the thing that caught me is like right away, I think it was the first game I watched the season way back in December. Um, it was, it was, it was at a rink that did not allow fans. 
uh, at all. Um, and still, um, player scored a goal, went over to the corner, jumped up against the glass, cheered to the non-existent crowd. And I'm like, yeah, they're still playing hockey. They don't care. Exactly. Well, I'll be looking for that in Hudson in that corner where they always have that little red target and it's the selly button where the Hudson guys go and jump on. So yeah, we'll see that. And then a quick question for you guys, again, division one, what other, what other programs are you looking at coming out of those other, those other three sectionals? I think we all pretty much agreed on Notre Dame in section two, uh, USM in section four. And then on section three, I think we were split. Uh, I think each one of us picked a different one. I think Dell took Edgewood, I took Verona, and Burglar took Sock Prairie. Okay. I think that's right. Yeah. I took Verona because it seems like it's always Verona. It doesn't seem to matter how the season goes or what happens. Verona seems seems to come out of there, and they they won it last year and returned a lot of those players. Right. And Joe Marshall, again, another one of those good coaches, consistency in the coaching staff. You know, good feeder programs where everybody's on the same page, and they're that program that just seems to get better as the te- as the season goes on. So, yeah, um, I've heard good things about Sock from some people up around here that they're that they're legit, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And again, in Division Two, I mean, you're looking at Pines and Springs, and Springs is absolutely loaded, as you guys know. They're, they've got some good. They returned their whole state tournament roster. Yeah. Boy, and that was. Well, when you look at Edgewood, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm going to wonder about coming into a game this week is, you know, they now haven't played for over a week, you know, considering they ended up winning their thing by forfeit on this week on Thursday, Friday game. And so they haven't played this last week at all. And so is that, is that whole week off going to hurt at all? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be so quick to pick Pines in section two i mean they had they had 12 seniors last year that's it, yeah that they did and, and, and i mean they, yeah. they somehow they got the number one seed but uh rhinelander just won their 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 great northern conference is pretty much the same as their sectional mm-hmm. um and rhinelander just won rhinelander's beaten pines both times they played them this year right um Mosinee and lakeland i mean we had we had lakeland rated very high until they kind of had some bad games the last couple of games. They've got a very talented team, but uh, tend to have some ill-advised penalties. They, yeah. they lost their their game to Mosinee in, in the conference tournament, uh, three to two, and Mosinee, you know, all three of their goals were on power play goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, from ill-advised penalties. Right. So it can be it can be the, the the four teams that are left in that section right now section you could make a case for any one of them yeah right and that's and again and, and i'm glad you pointed it out I, just there's something about that pines tradition and it's just you know there's so many when you look at some of the coaches both at the varsity level and in the youth programs it's just like another one of those teams that somehow figures it out even when they're not at their most talented but yeah and, and the same thing by the same token i know and talking with coach engel about what else is going on around the state. And he, he talked about Rhinelander as a, as a program that, you know, has had some success at the lower levels and now these kids are in the varsity. So yeah, it's all good stuff. And it's, and it's, it's just, again, it's a fun time of year. It's odd to not have the state tournament in March, but if there's anything that this pandemic has told us is that, you know, 
schedules aren't written in stone and, and the best thing is to be flexible and maybe, you know, who knows, 20, 30 years from now, all the athletes at the high school level can look back on things and say, hey, we got it. We made it through that. Have you been to Eagle River? Yes. In fact, we went last year. We went to go watch some of these Black River kids play in that three on three tournament. Ah, and so you saw so- that after the remodel so they have like regular size well, it ice actually, it was actually pre now that i think about it it was two it was two winters ago so it was pre okay. remodel and they were actually raising money and i think i threw a little something into the kitty just because it's like you know i think those kids know how special that place is and how much history there is and then i could have spent a half a day just walk you know walking through that um that um hall of fame that they had out there in the lobby and just realizing it's like well, I remember this guy and I remember hearing about this coach and, and, you know, seeing Vic Levine, you know, with his display there. And, you know, geez, I've, I've known Vic and covered, started covering Vic when I was, a, you know, in Madison in the early 90s. And, you know, he's been a color commentator and a stats guy and just just a wealth of information. So, uh, yeah, if, if you look at the, they, they have they have pictures of some of their old uh you know, men's teams from the Great Lakes hockey turn, you know, season or hockey league, um, the, the men's team up there. And they've right. got pictures from like the, the 50, 40s and 50s of these right. teams. And you look at the names on the bottom and the last names are all the same as the kids that are playing now. Exactly. They're like fourth generation hockey players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's again. You know, there's there's the Sneddons, and there's you know again. You just the Sneddons, the Mallets, the yeah, right? yeah, and it's and and that is again to be able to keep that kind of tradition going, and you know, and you throw some of the suitors up there, and I'm like, well, obviously, it's a beautiful place to live. If you like hunting and fishing and just being in the outdoors and kind of being away from the hustle and bustle of Wausau, <laughs> you know, if that's <laughs> if that's what you want, it's sort of like, boy, that's paradise. And, um, you know, it's just like good, good for them. And, you know, and you guys know this. And one of the things, you know, is I'm, well, Susan's son, dog is getting really antsy now. Um, you know, one of the things he's, he's learning is that, you know, coaches are, everybody's always willing to help, you know, okay. Maybe not your arch rival is going to, is going to, come and help with you, but, you know, you can, okay, I mean, all these off-season clinics and stuff that people do, um, everybody wants to help everybody else because it's all about growing the sport. And, again, to bring it back full circle to you guys, it's like, you know, what, you, what you're doing with the Prep Hockey website, it, it's, it's just raising the visibility of these sports. And, you know, my philosophy in covering local sports was always – you know, it's like, hey, yeah, sure, of course, we're going to cover the Green Bay Packers because they're the Packers. But at the same time, it's like we can certainly elevate these high school teams to a point where it becomes something special. You know, maybe that keeps more kids involved in the program, you know, and we used to get that all the time. And I'm sure the guys are still getting that now. But well, why aren't you covering the JV teams or why aren't you covering this? And, you know, my response was always like, well, we've we've got these many teams in the backyard and then we've got these many teams in the viewing area. We're covering everything. We're covering girls tennis and the soccers and everything and the swimming and up and down. And we try to give it all the same effort, you know, but you know, you prioritize based on what you perceive the interest is. 
it's like that alone keeps us more than busy. You know, if we're going to start having to cover JV teams or youth teams, it's like there's that. And then the other half of that is, well, why not have, you know, give those kids some incentive to stick with the program and get to the high school level, as opposed to saying, we won the squirt a tournament. And then that's the highlight of your athletic career. Well, that's, that's, you know, I don't think that's what anybody is, is looking for. It's all, it's all for to kind of prepare you for what's next. So Bob on the girls side up there, have you had a chance to see any of the, their games or. You no, know, I haven't Dell. And, and again, it's just because of cancellations and postponements and all that sort of thing. Uh, but I have followed along as best I can. And, and I think in terms of sectionals, I think the ECA stars have a pretty good draw and they did get the one seed in that, uh, in that section. Uh, yeah, section three. Yeah. And, and the other section, the section one with the likes of the Western Wisconsin stars, the Somerset co-op um, Hudson um, and Chippewa Saint Falls Croix got in there, you know, that, that to me has got, you know, the section that, again, kind of a coin flip. You can make the case, you know, the Western Wisconsin Stars had had the best season, but, you know, Matt Cranston with the Fusion, he, he knows a lot. <laughs> and you sort of get a team ready for the postseason. And Hudson always has talent, and they're well cool. Well, they get Karen by on the staff. You know, she won an Olympic gold medal. Same thing. I think the kids are listening to her. I'm still wondering how the River Falls people feel about Karen going seven miles up the road. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? But it's like, again, it's just it's there's good hockey up around that around those parts. And that's one of those sections that you, you kind of make a case for any one of those. But I guess just in a general, Dell, I mean, having been the first broadcaster ever for. Let's see, Jim Thies's Hudson team is one of the first two girls hockey championships ever and just the leaps and bounds that that sport has grown i mean quite frankly those first teams were kind of like the amoeba going up and down the ice whereas now it's like they're running power plays they're 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 doing breakouts they're doing they're doing everything the boys are doing are they the as fast as skaters generally not are the shots as hard no but it's it's a good quality of hockey and then i think when you start looking at well, teams like UW-Eau Claire women, um, you know, other other strong, the Badgers women's teams, and you start seeing the number of kids that are coming out of Wisconsin schools. I think it speaks well to where the sport is, and um, you know, hopefully someday there'll be a there'll be a state tournament venue that I think is is fitting for just the quality of high school hockey in Wisconsin. I mean, it's never going to be Minnesota, and you know, not in our lifetimes anyway. But at the same time, it's just think it would be really nice if people could realize just how good the hockey is on this side of the St. Croix River and, you know, north of Illinois and all that kind of thing. So, um, and I don't have to tell you guys that. I mean, the state's produced some awfully good players, not in the same volume as the Minnesotas or the Massachusetts, but really good, really good players that have made their mark on, you know, other levels. So. Who knows? Maybe someday. <laughs> is this the first time you get it? You guys have ever had a dog on the on the on your uh, webcast? Is that? I think we've heard a dog a couple times. I don't know that we've seen one. 
we get we get that in our meetings at our virtual meetings at work you know our sales manager's got a dog where she's got three dogs and invariably every meeting she's yelling at one of them or they're barking or that sort of thing so and then you mentioned earlier you know you don't know what account executive is supposed to mean i think that means you're supposed to make them money yeah there's that and and oftentimes on these sales calls we we do get to that <laughs> there's, there's conversations about sports and you know but again it's 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 such a great opener and again you go around you go around town and how many business owners um I don't want to waste your time by digging through it. I, I was calling on one of my accounts, local realtor. Well, I'll say the name, Ned Donlin, his, his son, David, was a defenseman on that 08 Old Abe's team. Well, Ned, the dad, played for Dick Bennett at Eau Claire Memorial and gave me, actually had his, had his uh, receptionist photocopy a 45-page, <laughs> a 45-page booklet that Dick Bennett gave to every single kid in the Eau Claire Memorial program. You know, it's just amazing. It's coaching gold. It's something that any coach in any sport could use because it's all about fundamentals and the mental preparation. And surprise, surprise, Dick talked about defense being the key. But, you know, and it's just it's just amazing. You know, when you start thinking of coaches having an impact on people and, and, and it's not just about sports, it's about life and teaching those lessons and that sort of thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of amazing sometimes when you start looking at people who, you know, businesses that support high school sports, well, they've been involved with it. Their dad's, Ned's dad, who has earned a bronze star and, you know, in fighting in France joined the military after three years of lettering for the Badgers football team in the early forties, you know, so you're looking at multiple generations of kids. I got the biggest kick out of Ty Emerson scoring a pair of goals against the Gophers. His grandfather played for the Gophers football team back in the day. And <laughs> here in a, here on a basketball broadcast, you know, I'm looking through Twitter and I'm like, Hey Pat, guess what? Uh, Badgers uh, beat the Gophers. Here's Pat, who I you probably count the number of hockey games that he's gone to on one hand, excited about it and excited that Ty Emerson scored a pair of goals and talks about how well Sam Stang is playing. You know, and the first retweet of the fact that grizzled veteran broadcasters are calling this game Hudson Hockey. So, again... Jim Nance and Tony Romo, they can have their Super Bowl. I don't even know how it turned out, but this is more fun for me anyway. I say, yeah, you know that you mentioned it. The Badgers had a very nice weekend in the border battle. Oh, darn good. Yeah. Boy, that, and that doesn't happen very often. I mean, they've won games up there before, but, you know, a lot of times it's the split. Like, they'll, somebody will get the other one on a Friday, and then the other team will kind of rise up and get it back. So that's... You know, and, and, and again, good for that, good for that group. And, um, you know, knowing some of those kids between and, and again, not that I'm partial, but I've just gotten to know those kids, Sam Stang and Ty Emerson and interviewed them countless, countless times. They're better people than they are hockey players. And they've both been drafted by NHL teams, if that tells you anything. Just respectful, well, funny, just, you know, um, personable good families down to earth. You, you would never know that they were big time athletes and pro prospects. You'd never know. 
And well, we that, like to hear that too, because like Sam Stang won our forward, uh, our Joe Pavelski award a couple of years ago. Well, and, you know, we don't like, you know, if someone wins those awards, then a couple of years later we find out they're just a dick. No, we don't right. like that. Well, it's, it's, well, he also was a pretty darn good baseball player. You know, that showed up on one of the broadcasts. And Bill Brophy was, was very excited because it was Brof and Bob Brainerd on the call when, you know, here's North down to a final strike in the bottom of the six, losing to Sun Prairie. And what does Sam do? Well, I, I'm just going to hit a bomb out to right field and essentially win the game with the three run homer and be state player of the year for baseball on top of hockey. You know, this is a good kid and, and credit to, credit to the family, credit to the school district. And, and you could make that, you know, um, I remember one of those big 10 hockey media days, the first one, I must've talked to Nate Condon from Wausau West for 10 minutes and nothing about Gophers or Badgers, but it was all about Pete Susans and this player and that player and which one of his teammates was at Eau Claire and how he, you know, again, it's hockey. Everybody knows everybody at some level. So that's, to me, that's the cool part about it. And getting to know these really high-end players as people, you know, and again, go down the list of guys that, you know, the Jake Dowells, the Davis Drewiskies, the Josh Engels, they're just, they're just good human beings. And, you know, each one of those guys has had to go through any number of life challenges, but, you know, here, here they are doing, you know, giving back to the sport. And that's, that's just cool to see. All right. Anything else, gentlemen? Dell says no. I think we have, I think we have a quorum. <laughs> well, I didn't even get to the, the David Kukowski era of uh, Superior High School hockey because David is yet another one of those Southside Chisholm guys and, you know, lived a couple blocks up the street. I didn't know him as well because he didn't play he didn't play basketball or baseball and he wasn't in the band. So that, you know, but obviously, you know, yeah, he stepped into a good situation, but I mean, just from afar, you know, following when I was working in another state, it was kind of like, hey, look at that Chisholm guy. You know, they won some state titles. So good, you know, good for him. We're going to wrap it up then, Bill, because before you do, I just wanted to get back to a more of a, a somber note. You know, the, the, the Wisconsin hockey community uh, lost another family member last week. Uh, Julie Langseth, the, the wife of Todd Langseth, who was a uh, longtime assistant coach for Antigo under Bill Thorson and then uh, head coach himself, uh, took uh, the 2005 team down to the state tournament, also athletic director at Antigo High School uh, for a long time. Um, uh, Julie uh, lost his lost her battle with cancer last week. Um, they had, you know, uh, Connor and Eric both played, you know, hockey for uh Antigo high school um so that uh yeah it's, it's always it's always bad when you know so she was too young um uh you know and yeah it, a sad note but uh yeah the hockey community I mean, everybody everybody knows everybody else um so i'm sure well and she was she was a legendary uh gymnastics coach Right. And ago, uh, yeah, the took, sure. took the gymnastics team down the state. It seemed like they were down the state tournament every year. 
Um, but yeah, a tremendous person, tremendous family, uh, a big loss for, for Antigo uh, and for the hockey community overall. I think everybody, most of the people know Todd. Yeah. Um, the, the hockey people do. He's the most well, terrifying person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and then, you know, to bring it back full circle to the state tournament broadcast, I mean, Rob Andringa you know, had come from, I think he had had chemo that week. And, you know, when I saw him downstairs, down below at the, at the, you know, Coliseum, you could tell that, that he was still hurting. And I just kind of, I, he had popped in late and I was meeting with some other folks about the broadcast and I just came around and said, Hey Rob, how are you doing? Boy, the smile lit up and just excited and had all these questions. It was just like, you know, same thing. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what the heck do I have to complain about? This guy drove from the Twin Cities to do a high school hockey game in Wisconsin after going through chemo and knowing that the prognosis was not good. And he stepped into that role after Jeff Sowers untimely passing. And again, that was that was such a thrill to even be in the same broadcast as those guys, let alone stand next to them and talk to hockey. You know, because when I was a younger guy and living in St. Paul. I remember watching the Badgers win the, what do they call it? The frozen, not the, the final five, the old WCHA at the old St. Paul Civic Center. Cause I could walk downtown yeah, the final five. Grand Avenue and, and watching them and seeing Jeff Sauer coach the team behind the bench and seeing Rob Andringa. And it was one of those great, great moments where the Gophers had been knocked out in the semifinals. So of course there's all kinds of tickets for sale and all kinds of empty seats and, you could show up in the middle of the second period, just wander in. And, you know, of course, there was the Wisconsin band and a real hearty group of souls who, after the game, marched <laughs> with the band <laughs> down to uh, Tom Reed's place, you know, a couple blocks away. You know, there's, there's only Wisconsin fans and the band can do. But, you know, to go from that and going, wow, this is really the big time. This is, boy, there's Jeff Sauer sitting behind the bench and there's all these guys, you know, to, to years later and it's just like wow that's that's not bad you know so I, I I've been very fortunate in that regard to you know be sitting next to people or standing next to people like that for hockey or sitting next to a Jerry Pettigrew at basketball and you know for that matter sitting next to a, a Pat Hammond who is a nonstop source of entertainment and Bill you know where his second coaching stop was in basketball Anago. Oh, yes. yes. Edgar number one, Anago number two, and then Eau Claire North number three. So, you know, one of those people we used to always joke at the basketball broadcast, six degrees of Pat Hammond. You could take any two people in that arena at random and, and you could connect them through Hammond. But again, and, and, and but to, you know, I think we could all say we're veterans of the media, such as it is, but, you know, that's the best part of sports. Is just the relationships and the people you get to know along the way. It's just, uh, uh, there's no downside to that. I'll tell you that. All right. So now we're done. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Hockey fans. Uh, we'll be back. I'm not sure if we're going to be back on Sunday or Monday, uh, next week. Um, that'll be determined, but, uh, we will return with uh, basically state tournament uh, preview. 
next week. Thank you for listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.